Hello, and welcome to The Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today, we continue in the epilogue, Four Dearest Ones, the letters that our hero, the Silver King, wrote to his family throughout the war. Stanley, in keeping with his regular reporting to his family about his day-to-day, relates that he has completed his second mission, where when they were in the air, it was a minus 20 degrees. Stanley shares the news that although their cigarette rations are behind, they've begun smoking cigars, the cigars that the Germans left as they abandoned this airbase in their retreat. Stanley writes to his family from A-72 on November 13, 1944. Dearest ones, this was a swell day. I received two letters written November 1 and 3, the first mail I've had at this APO, and the first mail in four days. I can't express my appreciation fully enough to make you know what the mail means. Each day I look forward to it with such anxiety that if it doesn't come, the disappointment is terrible. With this thought, I do hope you'll continue to write often. I'm surprised my letter took 14 days to get there. The Xmas rush must have the mail screwed up at both ends. Thanks a million for the stamps. They are worth their weight in gold. Now I can do a little more writing. No, none of your boxes have arrived. I imagine it will be some time before they do. Anyhow, I'll thank you now for them. I shall be looking forward to them eagerly. The food situation hasn't changed much. The meals are good, but not quite enough. It's between meals that we get hungry. That's the main reason why I have asked for food. We have found a way to somewhat remedy the situation. There is a small town about seven miles from here, which we go to on a bicycle. For soap and cigarettes, we can trade for bread, butter, and eggs. Everything is rationed to the civilians, but soap can get us almost anything. The French people are crazy about the stuff. I also bought this stationery there. The card enclosed came from there, too. It caught my eye since it was in English, and, too, it expresses my sentiments a little. I'm glad you're all well. I sort of expected to learn about Leona's new arrival. She must be terribly anxious, and so am I, so be sure to let me know as soon as it happens. Sounds like you're having a swell time in Chicago. I envy you having the Bailey's dinner. I can just imagine what you all had. Dad, I hope it isn't too lonesome for you with Mother away. I'm sure Ida is taking good care of you. In all your spare time now, that is, not having Lipsies there to take care of you. Why not drop me a few lines? I would like very much to hear from you, and I can promise a prompt answer. The weather hasn't been too bad lately. At least it has stopped raining. My number of missions still rests at two. 
This afternoon, we went to the town, so I'm fairly tired from pumping the bicycle. The exercise did me good, though, as sleeping until noon every day is making me too lazy. No more news for now. I'll write again soon, and you do the same. Keep well. Regards to everyone. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King's day-to-day reporting, as you know, as faithful followers, is very strong on two themes. One is correspondence, and the other, food. His letter of November 15, 1944, from A72, is a happy one. Dearest ones, received your very sweet letter of October 16 yesterday, along with five others. It was my biggest mail since being here, and surely made me feel grand. Of course, it was all old mail, but very welcome indeed. Besides yours, I received letters from Leona and Sylvia, the YMHA Bulletin, a fraternity brother, and Eddie. Truly, it was a great day, sort of made up for today, as there wasn't any at all. Also, a few boxes came in for the fellows. My boxes should be coming along any day now. The letters from Leona and Aunt Sylvia were very sweet. Leona is so sweet to write so often. I shall write her very soon, but I'm waiting to hear the good news. The king continues, You'll be interested to know that it has been four years since I had heard from this fraternity brother of mine. He got the address I had at Carlsbad from Dick Bogart. It so happened that he and Dick are at the same GI radio school in South Dakota. Evidently, Dick never received his commission because when they finish the school, they will become part of an air crew. The news of Sonia's engagement was certainly a surprise. No, I didn't know him. Congratulate her for me. I'm glad Aunt Lena is fine now. I haven't written her as yet, but will do so soon. There is no more news here. The weather is still wet. Keep well. Keep writing. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The king's six-letter day satisfies his appetite for communications from home. But he writes a few days later because now he has to share some important news about food. Stanley writes from A72 on November 17, 1944. Dearest ones, I've been disappointed because there hasn't been any mail the last two days. However, I did receive a Bethel bulletin today. And Stanley continues his food fund reporting when he writes, I must tell you about the feast we had last night for midnight brunch. In the afternoon, we rode to the small town and were lucky in securing something we haven't had since leaving the States. With a little bargaining and soap, we got steaks from the butcher, onions from the grocer, and bread from the baker. From a field, we got potatoes. With these ingredients, we cooked steaks and french fries. You can't imagine how much we enjoyed it. Of course, it couldn't be compared with that of Ida's, 
but I would say it was the next best thing to it. A meal like that about once a week, and we wouldn't have any complaints whatsoever. I'm feeling as fine as ever, hoping this finds you the same. Not knowing as yet how Leona made out leaves me still up in the air. Mother, I suppose you're still in Chicago, probably having a grand time taking care of the kids. If so, Dad, I hope you're not too lonesome. I'm sure Ida is taking care of you. I envy you. There isn't much to write about. I'm waiting anxiously to get to Paris to do some shopping. My baggage hasn't come yet, and there is plenty which I need badly. I'll try to write again tomorrow. Take care of yourselves, and please keep writing. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King's letters reflect a growing confidence. He's flying for real, looking forward to Paris, and hoping his clothes arrive before then. I, as his son, know that the king was a remarkable and impeccable dresser. He was always crisp, ever sharp-looking, and dressed to be ready for the world. Two weeks to the day from his first mission, the king writes on November 19, 1944. Dearest ones, just a note to let you know I'm fine, thinking of you and hoping you're well. There hasn't been any mail for three days. It seems to come in spurts when it does come. I'll be glad when the Xmas rush is over, as that must be holding it up. I've got my third one in now. The weather was beautiful today almost like a spring day. It will probably start raining again tomorrow. My pilot is flying first pilot now, so our whole crew is together again. I'm glad it's that way, because I was afraid I might get stuck with some jerk. I got my PX rations today. They are a little better. Four packs of cigarettes and four bars of candy. I'll be glad when your packages begin arriving. I'm sorry this has to be so short. There really isn't any news to speak of. I just wanted you to hear so you wouldn't worry. Please keep well and write often. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King's letters of November 1944 strike me hard every time I read them. He was a boy when he got on a train, and now he's a man flying over Germany in the nose of a B-26. And when he writes, I've got my third one in now, I think about what it must have been like and how happy he must have been to know that his pilot, Jack Festy, and their entire crew would be flying together again. As Thanksgiving approaches, the king has good news about his baggage. Everything arrived intact, and he's thinking more about Paris. And he's hearing from his buddies. John Cherry is writing to say he's anxious for news about his first child. The king writes on November 24, 1944, from A72. Dearest ones, slowly but surely, the back mail is coming in. Yesterday I received your sweet letter of October 14. I'm glad you received my allotment from September. 
Now I don't have to worry about it. It should continue to arrive regularly from now on. Yesterday, being Thanksgiving, we had quite a bit of celebration. With just receiving our liquor ration, everyone was well-stocked for a big party. We only had one meal during the day, and it was a terrific dinner. They started serving at two in the afternoon and continued until no one could eat another mouthful. There was all the turkey dressing one could eat. It was practically coming out of my ears when I finished. Besides that, someone got the brilliant idea of opening a bottle before eating to give us an appetite. With an empty stomach, I was half tight. After eating, I completed the job and got real drunk. All in all, it was an exciting day. Yesterday, I received a letter from Sherry saying he had heard from his wife. On November 1, they were blessed with a girl. I can imagine his relief. As soon as I finish this, I shall write him. No more news. I'm fine. Hoping you're the same. Please keep writing and please send some stamps. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. As our hero recovers from his Thanksgiving celebration, he writes a final letter from November in northern France. It's dated November 28, 1944. Dearest ones, thank goodness the old mail is still coming in. With the recent mail so few and far between, there wouldn't be anything without it. Today I received your letters of October 7 and 9 and also the pictures of Richie. As always, when there is word from you, my anxiety is satisfied and my day complete. As for Richie's picture, I couldn't ever say enough about it. He is absolutely adorable, as handsome as could be. My, but he surely has grown to be a big boy. I can't imagine the fun you must be having with him in Chicago. All the fellows agree what a fine-looking boy he is. The king continues his quest for satisfaction when he writes, The boxes you've mailed sound wonderful. If only they would begin to arrive, all would be well. The robe sounds swell. I'm glad you bought me one. I never believed I could use one over here, but I've changed my mind now. It will be a great comfort, believe me. The food sounds absolutely marvelous. I can hardly wait to receive it. It certainly couldn't come soon enough to suit me. As for the miniatures, you could have just as well used the space for some other things. My liquor ration for the month was a fifth of black and white scotch. This with the champagne and gin and cognac I have. Plenty. Thanks just the same. I won't have any trouble getting rid of it. I'll let you know as soon as one arrives. I still can't believe Leona has had another baby. I suppose it will be that way until I get to see her. In the meantime, please write me all the details. Dad, I suppose you'll be running back and forth quite often now that the baby has come. Please take care of yourself. Don't be too lonesome. Mother, I am sending this home as I wrote to Chicago yesterday, and I want each of you to hear from me. Good night for now. I'll write again soon. Keep well. Love to Ida. 
I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King finishes November on a very sweet note. His niece, Margie, has been born just before December, and he's excited and wonders what she'll be like. And I know, as his son, that he was very fond of Richie, his nephew, and Margie, his niece. And in the early years of their lives, Stanley enjoyed being an uncle. And as our hero completes his first month of combat as a commissioned officer in the United States Army Air Corps, we have reached the end of this episode in the epilogue for Dearest Ones, the letters that the Silver King wrote to his family throughout the war. And this is part 23. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.